Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weave. We're a podcast about movies and friendship. This is season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, and we are just four guys in a rigged free-for-all. There's punching and kicking allowed. <laughs> and of course, um, we are playing a year-long movie-watching game, and you are two twelfths of the way through that game. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from North Koreatown in Los Angeles, and I'm joined today with this pretty standard panel now. We'll call it an average panel for this show, not above or below average. It is the median panel for sure. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland, and what I like about him is that he's all armpit. It's Anthony Lopez. This is why you tell people you're not a gun guy. That's why it's so important to let people know that this way when you're shot dead with a gun, they can be like, but Alex wasn't a gun guy. It's such a it good makes point. Sense, you know? We should all come out right now yeah. as not being gun guys, I think. Yeah, that's why I tell people all the time, I'm not a gun guy. Not a gun so guy. So that when I'm eventually shot with a gun in my hand, <laughs> people will be like, but he's not a gun guy. Check, check his pockets for the bullets because he's not a gun guy. Yeah. Um, also joining us today, he's the co-host of Old Gamers Almanac, a podcast about older video games. Um, he's from the woods of Brooklyn, and he's better than a kick in the butt with a copper-toed boot. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see it, but I if the if the camera scrolled down, I am wearing some fabulous rings right now. I'm wearing a giant red flower ring, and you're thinking, yeah. if I punch you with this ring on, it will kill you. All so right? there's a lot of problems with that scene in particular. Yes, of um, course. But the rings it, are not the problem. But the right? rings are definitely not, not the problem. The rings in that scene are amazing. Um also joining us around at the panel today, he's in Northern California. Cup of four, uh, a lot of time in the feathers. Chicks, little of the old sauce, Zarazoom. It's Ezra Fox. Okay, I cannot remember anything about this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel. two days ago and I don't have also, any idea what... <laughs> also, Alex, you can't do the usual bit with a movie no one has seen. I know, like, by watching yeah. this movie, the four of us, we doubled the audience that has seen this movie. <sighs> Since the 1960s, um, it yeah, is. I'm gonna, not... be on... I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh, IMDb does not have a quotes page for this movie, and I was sweating as you were introducing me. I was fucking panicking. I. Uh... <laughs> it's funny because all three of those, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I wrote that down right, but they're all like, there's some, just some nonsense lines. I don't, I don't remember why he said the guy was all armpit. I don't know what that means. And well, then, I mean, he was all his... armpit. Yeah, that, that guy, guy sucked. Yeah, he was. Is that just means bad? Is that is yeah. it sweaty? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy was. I don't know what is it called when you like cuck your wife. I don't know. Is that is that still just make make them like getting cucked? Yeah, I think that's uh, what it originally yeah, was, about. What it is? It was about. Wives. Now it's yeah. about like you know believing in race but or something. But after at the time, you're like. Believe, you know, embarrassing your wife in front of an, a whole party full of people. Oh, yeah, this is called rubbing it in her yeah. face. That's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a real armpit move. Okay, I, that's, okay. you know. My favorite guy is the Zara Zoom guy. And since none of you guys have seen this, but there's just a guy sweeping a stoop in what at the time was a bad part of Brooklyn and now probably costs a million dollars to live there. Yeah. But he, um, uh, the private investigator asks him for something and he just says this string of nonsense and i listen yeah. to it 15 times to try to write it down yeah. and the best i can see is the best i can do is a lot of time in the feathers chicks little of the old sauce zara zoom yeah. i'm pretty confident but that guy absolutely ruled to have a character who has yeah. two lines in the movie and he has a catchphrase is amazing yeah. 
He yeah. says Zara Zoom twice out of two lines, he says. <laughs> Alex. And what you know, a great guy. That that area of Brooklyn is actually not too expensive because it's a it's a back lot at Universal. <laughs> and the rent control there is actually it's been pretty flat better since than the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to a podcast about um, for uh, a screenwriting podcast, and they were talking about the crazy um, the way that math works for movies, which you guys have mentioned to me several times about the accounting, how nothing ever makes a profit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they were saying it was one of the guys had like worked on a movie for made by Universal, and he was like, "Can we shoot this scene on the Universal lot?" And they were like, "No, it's too expensive." And he was like, "What do you mean? It's yours?" And they were like, "Yeah, but we make the movie a separate company and then charge them rent to be on our property, and we don't give you a discount if you're us." Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the craziest thing I've ever heard. The the industry is so bonkers, but yeah, like you can't afford to shoot there, so maybe the rent isn't actually cheap. Mm, it, yeah. It's a tough place to shoot movies. Yeah, that's probably crazy. in the '60s they hadn't figured out that scam yet, but. No. It's like if you owned your house, but you had to pay yourself. That doesn't make yeah. any sense, you know. Well, yeah, they well, were very lucky with this movie when they went to the um, the islands, the Virgin Islands that the Gilligan's Island was currently shooting. <laughs> so they just used the Gilligan Island set. This is one of those movies where it looks it it looks like yeah, it looks like a Saturday Night Live set half the time, where it's just like mm-hmm. they like yeah. in the in the gay bar in New York they go into. It's just like. Mm. It looks like they didn't even finish painting the walls of this set. Yeah, it looks yeah, like if you sneezed, the wall of the bar a, is going to fall sketch. over. It's like yeah. it's a set good a enough sketch. for a sketch, but yep. not for a movie. Yeah, basically. it's very but, funny. But um, with that said, this movie kind of rules. I got to say, I actually kind of <laughs> liked it. It feels very of, much like a uh, like a proto Shane Black movie. Like Shane Black saw this right. and was like, sure. oh, this is what I'm going to do with my career and my detective I, movies. I did kind of like it. Oh. It is a little bit of a blur. It felt a tiny bit generic. And we will come back to yeah. all of this. We'll talk yeah, more yeah, about sure. the movie in a second. Um, I do think that since no one's seen it, we probably shouldn't go too long on our movie segment. But mm-hmm. we'll come back to it. Um, but first... I want to thank all of our generous meat buddies who have supported the show and keep us uh, limping down the tracks. And I just want to make this promise to you. If you join our Patreon, if you donate any money to us, when you sign up, we will immediately take your money and hand it over to our favorite bartender for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. That the vault. is what we do. We, we give it to the vault. We put it in the back of his register along with a picture and a gun. And they just sit back. Th- and I'm not a gun guy, but I have one in the vault just yeah. in case. They just sit there. So if you'd like to join them and help keep the show limping down the tracks and help our vault fill up with money just in case we ever get beaten up, go to Metreon.com and you can uh, support our deep indebtedness to various bar patrons. Ooh, ooh, I, I have a picture of this. Support the show. Sorry, um, guys. So we actually had to you know, have physical media for this one. Um, yes we did not available on by the way in case you were like wow i want to be the fifth person who's seen this since the 70s you can't you have to buy you have to buy it on dvd from amazon so wild that this movie that had not occurred to anyone using the internet to put this movie on it (laughs) that's what this movie was yeah Yeah. this 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 is a air air gapped movie um yes but um i was gonna say is like Let's uh, let's have a drawing for our uh, for meat buddies, basically, right? So, um, oh, if you, send our copy yes, to somebody if you want to have mm. your very own copy of PJ uh, autographed by one of us. I will sign it or not, depending <laughs> what you think is more valuable. No, no, we will sign it so you can't resell it. That's the point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, if you if you're not a meat buddy yet, um, sign up uh, and we'll we'll do a drawing. Uh, I don't know. 
in a week. Is that good? Sure. Great. In yeah. a week. This is, um, yeah, I guess we normally would have a structure for this. Um, nope. I guess, do we have to have, do you have to ask for it? Is it only Newt Meat Buddies? No. How does this Ever. work? You're going to get it whether you want it or not. Okay, I like this. If you're oh, yeah. a Meat Buddy, even if you've forgotten and you stopped listening to the show, we are going to find you and we're going to send you a DVD of PJ. You cannot stop us. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. I'll put that on the docket for mm. next week. So you you have until... Mm. What day would this be? Let's say, well, before we record the next episode, so we can announce you on the episodes, you have until Thursday the 10th to either become a meat buddy or stay a meat buddy, and you might win an autographed by one of us. And Open maybe I'll have Ezra, of I'm gonna have Ezra sign his name and then just handwrite the other three yes. names. So yes. we, I have to yeah. learn everyone else's name then? <laughs> just the <laughs> first gonna names. figure it out. Yep. <laughs> Dang. You can look it up on the website. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and on the if 10th, you don't you want not. the movie, Ezra will send you his PJs. <laughs> One of the two. It's either the movie <laughs> yeah. or some slightly used pajama pants. You're gonna get some PJs. I think that's a good deal. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's a good deal. Um, secondhand PJs is a great idea. Okay, well, this is yeah, this has all just happened. Look at us adding content. Mm. Um, all right, before we come back to the movie PJ, let's do a quick segment one: the news. Um, so this week for the news, I want to do a, uh, I guess I'm going to call this reboot watch until I think Ooh. of a better name, which is, there's just so many reboots happening. And I just wanted to get you guys to take your temperatures on them. The first one, I just, um, I'm, I'm good on Batman. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am full. There's been seven bat. Mm. This is the seventh Batman of my yeah. life. Uh-huh. And I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that's enough. Maybe I didn't need another Batman. Maybe you're full on the Wait, Batman. How, <laughs> how many how many Batmans have there been in your life? I can only think of. Oh, you're thinking of Michael. There's, okay, you're thinking of the other ones within the. Con- okay, I get it. I get it. I get yeah, what you're yeah. saying. There's yeah, been yeah. like six. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. six, and this is the seventh one. I'm including Will mm. Arnett as Lego Batman to get to seven, that's but still, fine. it's mm. a lot of Batman, and I. Is this is this like Spider Man where they have to do it every six months or they lose the rights? Why are there so no. many Batman movies? No, definitely not. Because, it's the opposite of that. Actually, yeah. they could just sit on it forever if they want. Uh, uh, why well, is it I mean, again? we're starting to get towards the Bat family at least. So now you have Batgirl and all these other movies. I should put that out into the universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one, I'm excited. For Michael Keaton, who's coming back as Batman in the DC in Batman Beyond, the Flash, maybe. no, in Batman the Flash and Batgirl, he, Michael Keaton is back. Okay, that's cool. Really excited. Yeah, that's cool. I don't. I um. I'm gonna see this new one this weekend. I uh, I like Robert Pattinson as an actor. I love Matt Reeves as a director. Yes. I love Colin Farrell as Richard Kind as the Penguin. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I mean, it's what. What more could you possibly want? I mean, you guys have seen how Colin Farrell looks. <laughs> yeah, in this movie. they We've put talked a bit about of Richard Kind. I didn't like, know that he, he looks like Richard Kind, but it's. I mean, okay, we got here's, here's Paul, part Paul Dano, Anthony. That's great. Zoe, they're going to get uh, Anthony. Now they're going to get Richard Kind to play uh, Colin Farrell in the In Bruges Two in In Tuge. Fuck yeah! <laughs> in Tuge. Why? Why are we in Bruges? I don't get it. I don't like it here. What, what is happening? I accidentally shot a child. I'm not happy. Look, uh, you, yeah. you got as good of a pitch as you could. There's no way I would ever. I cannot imagine. 
I was going to say you can't pay me, but you definitely could pay me. Short of being paid, I could not imagine watching the new Batman. I just, yeah, I don't oh, know. I just, no, I'm just so tired of you doing the same movie with a different actor. I get it. Mm. No, I'm, with, I'm with died. Alex. He's I'm with sad. Alex. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it, and I feel like I have to because I like the cast so much. Yeah. But I don't want, I have no, in no, I like, I saw a little bit of a trailer the other day. Mm. And mm-hmm. it just made me feel like, why does this movie need to exist mm-hmm. at all? It has mm-hmm. no reason to exist. I, that's how because I feel, anyways. Comic book movies make a bunch of money. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's right. Batman makes. I wish money. you just said that. I wish it just <laughs> said, "Well, these make a lot of money, so come give us some of the money." We, we don't want to make you watch any of the footage. Just give us the money. But yeah, I don't know. I especially mean, after the and I the just mail gross. Warner Brothers some superhero money, and we just call yeah. it a day. Like, here's your super. <laughs> Superhero money. Good job, buddy. Nice job. Um, yeah, I, I feel like if you grew up reading comic books, it feels like you you know that every five years they just start the series over with a different artist and a different writer, mm-hmm. and you're used to what it means to be a fan of a character is to watch that character's origin story every five years. But as a person who did not gr- grow up with mm-hmm. that, the idea that a movie just gets rebooted. Mm. every few years with this with the new cast and they're like no but it's a little mm. different this time this time he shoots people or whatever like i just could not possibly get interested in that and mm. i don't know why they're not why it's still happening mm. well it's again, just so frustrating uh i mean i know I, why it's I, happening I, it makes money yeah, but i don't know why it's happening creatively i don't i mean i think it's happening creative i mean again i haven't seen this one but it's getting very good reviews i sort of like i love matt reeves as a director i think He's built an entire career off of, I don't know why this is happening. This probably shouldn't be good. <laughs> it's about to be amazing. I mean, from like let the doing a remake of Let the Right One In to the Planet of the Apes reboots. Right. Um, the guy has just consistently knocked it out of the park every movie when I've ever seen have. him do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like the fact that like, see, to me, a big part, I think, of why Batman, especially, they keep going back to the well, besides that it makes so much money, is that there's, like, there's so many different avenues and so many different interpretations of the character, and everyone has, like, their dream Batman movie, like, what they want out of the character. And to me, like, you had, like, the Nolan movies, which were, like, the Michael Mann, heat s sort of, like, yeah. big action crime thrillers, and I like that take on it. I really... Just on paper, the premise of like, okay, we're not doing Michael Mann. We're not having Nolan do uh, Michael Mann. This movie, the pitch is Matt Reeves doing Fincher, right? It's Batman Zodiac, which sounds like awesome to me. I don't know how you cannot like that. The fact that finally, finally, after how many Batman movies, they're acknowledging that when he takes off his mask, he has a bunch of eyeliner under his eyes. That alone <laughs> is worth paying admission. For them to oh. finally show that Batman clearly has makeup on underneath his eyes. That's but very you know, like funny. in Batman Dude, Returns, when he takes his mask off, he's just gone. It's this gonna is very be frustrating, good. Anthony, because you are extremely persuasive. And there's no way I'm watching this movie, but we're definitely closer than I was expecting to be at the yeah. end of this Ooh. segment. I just think that there are much worse series getting rebooted and remade that, like, Batman well, is a constant. There will let's always talk be about Batman a couple movies. other ones. Yeah. Also on the radar for Reboot Watch, did you guys see that they're making a new The Santa Claus? That Tim Allen is coming back to yeah. do The Santa Claus as a right. limited series? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. so <laughs> insane. Yeah. 
Um, the one thing I did think about, I had, I have a pitch for you. Here's my pitch for the for rebooting the Santa Claus, which is I was thinking about it, like what could actually make me care about this series, and because the premise of the Santa Claus, as you'll remember, is if you kill Santa, you become Santa. Yep. Right. And yeah. so if what happened was Tim Allen killed Santa and became Santa, and instead of being like, well, I'm just a good Santa now, he was like power hungry and went mm-hmm. on a killing spree to include the powers of other magical beings. Oh, so if he, was, like if he killed the Whoa. Tooth Fairy and got Tooth Fairy powers on top of Santa powers, <laughs> and then he and, killed and what the would Easter Tooth Fairy powers be? Like, what would that... See, you can Flight? find teeth anywhere. You can fly without the sled. I don't know, but there's going to be some <laughs> overall, like your general power, your HP goes up. Something happens. Sure, but yeah, he yeah. just goes on a rampage and just killing people and absorbing mm-hmm. their powers. Uh, yeah. I that think I Disney watch. should just do what they keep, what they're already doing, which is uh, recast Tim Allen as Chris Evans. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like Chris Evans a lot. He seems like a cool guy. <sighs> Uh, I, I would also actor. watch a, if they because the one other thing that was really unexplored mm. in the original the Santa Claus is that the last Santa Claus was a person who had accidentally killed Santa Claus and had a family. Mm. So if when he falls off the roof, Tim Allen like got confronted yeah. by the other Santa Claus's family and Whoa. they were like devastated. Yeah, they had they cut that scene from the first movie when he was moving <laughs> into the North Pole and the yeah. last family was moving out. <laughs> Back <laughs> up the boxes. Hold on, Tim. Oh. All right, give Seems me like a minute. Yeah. That is do. a darker read. I would watch that. Reboot. <laughs> um, but no, I. My wife and I were talking about this last night because um, my wife and I have been you know trying to over the last year we've been watching a lot of comfort television, especially a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that's been in a blind spot, stuff that's really not challenging, stuff that's very fun, and uh, one of the delights of the last year is my wife and I have been watching Gilmore Girls, which I had never seen. I had seen a few episodes here and there, but we watched all of it, and the show is fucking great. It's genuinely amazing. Uh, I really, really loved it. Fell in love with this universe, this characters, this cast. And just last night, we started the Netflix late series revival, mm-hmm. and it is not good. No. And I actively hate what they have done to these characters in the yeah. time frame. I'm only on the first episode. I'm going to watch all four of them. But to me, like the Santa Claus falls under this thing of like, uh, reboots have been very annoying. They've been a thing forever, but the, the rise of late series revivals, uh, we're like, that's what we're really living in right now. Well, and all of quite, them, they're all between, bad. Well, except one, which is, uh, we didn't do a best of 2021 movies, but number one, four years running, is still Twin Peaks The Return. Best movie, <laughs> best movie of 2020, best movie sure, of 2019, sure. 2018, 2017. Um, but like Twin Peaks The Return is the one late series revival that is not only like worth it coming back for, but surpassed mine and everyone I know who's loved the expectations in the most wild inventive way it can but like we're just getting done with sex in the city and it seemed like people really hated that yeah people didn't like it. um well so e- these are all streaming services and it seems like what streaming services have figured is that they will make their money back or better by on just the nostalgia of casting the same people in those roles and they've not made any of them good yet and at some point are we going to stop buying it at some point are mm-hmm. we going to be like this is just not this just well, doesn't what- work what shows are we going to do revivals of 10 years from now? Would all we make is revivals of shows 
from 10 years before. That's a good point. Know? That's true. We're going to burn all the shows down. Well, but, like, so that brings X-Files me to my... revival was really bad. You know, yeah. Sex and the City, Veronica, Mose, oh, all like these right. shows that was so loved. Um, I, I haven't watched My wife watched it and said she Fuller hated House. it. So, like, what they did with the characters. Yeah, that's fair. In that time being. Yeah. Um, okay, one more than one more reboot watch, which is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, is getting rebooted on Peacock, just called mm-hmm. Bel Air, and without being fun, is what it looks yeah. like. I, I don't know if you well, guys have seen the cool. trailers for this, yeah. but yeah. they were like, "What if it was the gritty Bel Air Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot?" Yeah, like what if we the part that I like of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is that the one little fight. What if we took that and really ran with it? Yeah, instead of um. I'm having fun in Bel Air. Yeah, it's the um, you know, the meme of you know, why doesn't he love me? That like one genuinely heartbreaking episode of Fresh Prince. Yeah, it was like, what if that was the series? What if that was the whole oh, series? God. What if there was nothing else? Yeah, I mean, that's and a strange like, move. I don't understand that at all. I can't. Be yeah, mad I mean, at I it, understand though. the because like impetus well, for it. But yeah, go ahead. Well, no, just, I can't be mad at it because like I would pitch this bad idea. Right, so like, if someone else did it first, I can't like, like mm. obviously it's not <laughs> you a good would idea, pitch but, like, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but it's not fun. Yeah, but it's a grit, the gritty, dark Batman style Fresh yeah. Prince mm. of Bel Air. Oh. Is that what you're? Can he become Batman also? Why not? <laughs> the fresh, the fresh Bat of Bel Air. Yeah, just, yeah. It, it, I mean, the, the yeah, Bat we... of Bel Air actually does sound pretty cool. <laughs> the fresh Bat of <laughs> Bel Air. <laughs> the Bat of Bel Air. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, this does seem like what you do is you just say like this show, but again, and then you get money. Yeah. No, this is and great. Look, West Gotham born and raised, and then like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a cave surrounded by bats is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> I like this a lot. No, okay, so yeah, it's so, we, so good. the next season of Gotham, right? Uh, I mean, where it's yeah, Young Batman is is now in Bel Air. I got there one go. little fight, and my parents got killed. <laughs> yeah, so you're moving with your. <laughs> Butler in Bel Air. And my parents got killed. <laughs> Whoa. All right. That's full circle. We're going to end the news there. I got there. one little fight and my parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about this movie no one's seen. We'll be right back. All right. It's time for segment two the game as you no doubt recall at this point we're playing a year-long movie game called kevin bacon's exquisite corpse where we move from movie to movie with common actors just like the game six degrees of kevin bacon and if at any point we land on one of the games we pre-selected the person who selected that movie gets five points unless it's hunter in which case he gets 10 points because his pick was so bad we felt terrible for him but that may have been a mistake because we're getting kind of close this week he'll make we watched pj the 1968 american mystery film directed by john Gearman. And starring George Peppard, Raymond Burr, Gail Honeycutt, and most importantly, Brock Peters. So this was Ezra's pick. Last week we watched Soylent Green, where Brock Peters played the head of a farcical police force. And now we watch PJ, which features Brock Peters as the head of a farcical police force with a different hat. So at least it was cool because mm. we didn't just travel Brock Peters, but Brock Peters as chief of police. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta yeah, yeah. say, his in this movie, I genuinely think his social commentary hits so much harder than all of Soil and Green. I completely <laughs> like his agree. little speech I, in this terrific. movie about yes. this, you know, the country eventually having um its own sort of identity and not being a uh, a part of, you know, colonial britain anymore 
uh, is actually like it's delivered in an interesting way. It's like everything that's happening yeah. there with the corporate interest and like the old mayor and like we don't want to do it because it's going to upset this old guy and make him sad. I just like all that like, stuff hit. Yeah, he's like he's like we're gonna we're gonna declare independence and it'll be kind of cool, but obviously we'll never be independent from all the money coming in from America. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's a great character. He's really interesting. It's got a good hat. He's got a really fun (laughs) hat. I mean, really solid Brock Peter. We haven't always moved in ways where the actor is interesting in both movies, but this was a really cool pick, even if accidental for that reason. Mm. Um, For the listeners at home, um, oh, you haven't heard of PJ? Weird. Um, does it help you that it was originally called Crisscross, and then the name was changed to New Face in Hell? For our UK listeners, that's what's known as there is New Face in Hell, um, and then it was that's changed a much to much better title. Yeah, so uh, much better, huh? New, I mean, it does a little bit sound like more of a horror movie than it is. Yeah. I don't know. PJ is just like it means nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, PJ seems a lot more like we're going to get a franchise out of this. The PJ yes. franchise, right? right? Yeah. It seems right. Like yeah, they were definitely PJ, hoping that this would, yeah. And then PJ in Belarus would be the sequel or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And PJ is just like, what am I doing in Belarus? <laughs> the bartender won't take my watch as collateral here. I don't get it. <laughs> Okay, so um, obviously it should have been called News Face in Hell, but instead it's called PJ, and I will give you my five-point patented micro-summary of the film from 1968, PJ. Like most movies, there's a washed-up alcoholic private investigator in this one, and he owes money all over town. He's really in a lot of debt, and you can, if you ever forget that, you can be reminded every time someone says that his name is Detweiler. Now, PJ <laughs> Detweiler gets hired to be the bodyguard for a the mistress of a stingy and cruel business magnate who is worried people are trying to kill her. Then, during a vacation to the Bahamas, somebody seems to be trying to kill her. So PJ comes out of the hut, guns ablazing, and shoots a guy carrying a gun who works for said stingy and cruel business magnate and who everyone knows, not a gun guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's weird that he has that gun and was trying to kill this lady because he's not a gun guy. Well, oopsie doodle. Um, uh, no, no hard feelings. Um, it, it was actually not, he was not really the killer. He was, it was an empty gun, not a gun guy. And, uh, um, it's, it's probably going to be okay. Except all of a sudden PJ Detweiler is promptly fired and then people are trying to kill him for real. And it's all very strange. So he does get this, some private investigating. Whoa. And he figures out that the guy he killed, not a gun guy, was a thief guy and had been stealing from the stingy (laughs) and cruel business magnate Mm. this whole time. And so it turns out that PJ Detweiler was set up to kill the guy and make it look like an accident by pretending that guy was trying to kill his mistress and then taking them on vacation and having a guy he knew would be willing to shoot a guy in the woods who's carrying a gun in the dark but doesn't actually look like he's trying to kill anybody. In what has got to be the most convoluted bank shot murder <laughs> for hire ever committed. You I know, mean, hitman exists. Like, for, in the real world, there are people you can pay to kill other people, you yeah, know? Yeah, and for a guy who's obsessed with margin, like, literally, the margins on his letters are too big for a scene, yeah, and he's yeah, like, this right. is too much. We're wasting paper. The amount mm. of paper he wasted writing out all the moves that would have to happen for this murder to work, and then, look, I mean, this is a weird thing to be upset about, but he pays $100,000, which is almost a million dollars in today's money Overpaid for this him. murder. And this is a stingy guy. This is a guy who marks mm. the tenths of a mile you drive in a company car. Yeah. He paid a million dollars to kill somebody? Insane. 
completely that seems I mean, I know, yeah. I know the issue there. I mean, one, you know, obviously just get someone on Upwork, um, right? It's always cheaper. <laughs> Fiverr. Um, but but yeah. but no, I mean, like this is a problem of I think favoritism. Actually, is that's what the criticism is here. Oh, right, because it turns out um, he was working with his mistress to make all of this happen. So it was, I guess, kind of an inside job, and she was pretending that she's trying to get yeah. killed. So yeah, he didn't. Con- it wasn't an open contracting process. He went just to his favored yeah. nepotistic con- contractor, Not and idea. so they tra- overcharged him. Yeah, the, that's where the problem when you have like you know idle hands of the devil's playground. Like she right. just didn't have anything else to fill her time with, so she really had time to brainstorm and think big picture for this crime, right? Yeah. If she yeah. was busier, she was doing some blue sky was, imagineering on how yeah, a murder if she could was take place. Clocking in every day, she would be like, "Let's just shoot the guy." But no, she had all this free time. Yeah, we're flying you know, him to the Bahamas, around. and then like maybe we go boating, and he falls overboard. Like, there's so many ways yeah. this could have worked. I don't want to be in the position of us criticizing him for killing people wrong. That seems like a weird direction for the show to go. But um, as far as plots, it's a little that part was a little bit weird. Anyway, so um, PJ Detweiler decides to confront the big business magnate, but he does so in the one place in the world where he knows for absolute sure that that magnate has a shotgun and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, he shows up unarmed to a gun club. And then miraculously, he survives, but like the gingham dog and the calico cat, the magnate and his mistress shoot each other to death. And they both are gone. And then Detweiler is just back to being Detweiler. Yeah. yeah. And a franchise yeah. is not yet born. I but love maybe. how confident the opening titles of this movie is. So like they so introduce good. this guy like <laughs> he is the next big, like, this is James all, Bond, like he's for James sure. Bond. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. You're going to love PJ. You're going to know all about PJ, you know. <laughs> Guys. I mean, this movie does have a lot of stylistic flares in general. Like, the music's really good. Um, some of the cinematography is really impressive. There's, like, you know, a lot of kind of dopey, silly stuff, but then also, like, shocking violence. There's an incredible set piece on a subway platform that? where oh, someone yeah. dies in one of the most inventive subway deaths Never I've ever seen. Never seen that before. Uh, and, and like that was an expensive looking there's a real moving subway train in yeah. that stunt like considering that the bars were shot on a high school musical stage and then they just were in a subway train working with a subway let's try to working with a subway train for that set was really fascinating it's a good sequence but there's a part where it just cuts like i don't know if you notice because it kind of moves fast in the fight scene but there's a part where they get kind of tired of the where they're going and it just cuts to him <laughs> being pinned to the subway and they do not show yeah. him actually getting pinned to it <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was ready. I was ready. Let's Come on. cut to the end. Yeah, it's like they did the the. It's like they were watching the the Sports Center highlights of that fight. It's a red zone PJ fight. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. We got we got a few seconds. Let me show you the best hits. So okay, so we said when we were looking this up last week. I think uh, Hunter, you found, but and one of you found like the the top review on Amazon or something said <laughs> not bad, not good either. And so I I, I definitely left this movie feeling like. Yeah, that was not bad. It's not mm-hmm. good, but it's not bad. Yeah. But Anthony, you are so pumped about it. And I'm wondering, because I did sit down and it occurred to me at the beginning of this that it would be funny if this was the greatest movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> like yeah. for the sake of the show, hilarious. if I just loved this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, I am going to love this movie. And I put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into it. And there is a lot that I do like about it. But Anthony, did you come in here trying to love it? No, I mean, I went in with just such like a complete blank slate in terms of what to expect. Right? I really yeah. had no, I didn't even know this was a detective movie until it started. Right. right, I had no idea 
what this movie was going to be about. And they're all like, you know, I don't think it's great, but it just like it kind of kept surprising me from like the very first scene when um, uh, Raymond Burr is like measuring papers and like telling his wife to go away through his secretary. I was oh, just man. like laughing hysterically. The Raymond fact, I mean, Burr absolutely rules in this movie. Yes, he's the villain, and he is one of this is one of those like one of the actors is trying harder than the other actors <laughs> situations where yeah. it felt like Raymond Burr was like, I am making this my favorite movie as like, he did what I did. He came into this being like, I'm yeah. going to fucking love this. I'm going to love this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, he, he's one, he was one of those actors that, you know, I think a lot of people kind of associated him with like Perry Mason. Right. Or, like mm-hmm. I always think of him as like the villain in real window, right. Who like, yeah. barely says anything. And he's just like a presence. Yeah. And in this movie, I think he has that still has that same thing when he's like, I don't know how tall he is. I think he's like seven foot three. Pounds. <laughs> he's a big guy. Like two sets of knees just to get that. Yeah. High. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a big guy with just the widest head of hair you have ever he's seen. So I wide. Mean, he makes Mike Pence look like a redhead. He's just the <laughs> widest, widest hair you've ever seen. And he just is such a dominating presence. And the way, like, there's a scene when he's complaining about how, like, you got to pick up the shotgun shells because they cost money. And it's just, yeah, all that stuff really just kind of tickled me. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a little problematic, but the, the scene where PJ just gets this shit kicked out of him in a gay bar was fucking awesome. I love that sequence. <laughs> uh, I just so, thought okay, that was so, so good. There are, there are it was really funny. Portrayal of yeah. the gay bar. There's certainly issues with the construction physically of the gay bar. Yeah. Um, but they all had a lot of very de- There's a scene where he just looks up and you see increasingly dangerous rings on them where they're wearing like, oh, yes. like so the good. rings have multiple sharp yeah. fists coming out of them. I was like screaming, like howling. <laughs> At the, like the re- that yeah. might be the best little piece of cinema that we've experienced this yes. season is yeah. that ring gag. Yeah, like- the ring gag is so good. <laughs> I also I feel like like we said before, Brock Peters just like really brought it, and that scene was so good. So there, yeah. it's it's crazy that the, like the movie feels like this is an off the shelf '60s private eye movie that they were hoping would stand out more than it did. It just feels yeah, like right? they took any a random mystery novel from the last 50 years yeah, and made yeah. a movie out of it. But then there are a couple of things that are so much more interesting and better than I thought. One of my favorite things was that the, so like a, a scene early on and then the big climax take place on this unlicensed hunting park where they have quail in, in cages and then a guy pulls a lever and it opens and the quail flies up and they shoot it. And he's shooting these quail and he's, he's, he's cruel, right? He's, he's so cruel because he shoots one and lets it like, be injured for a while and then at the end he almost is about to get away with it but then the quails on one cage <laughs> escape and like stop him from leaving like the quail get they get revenge the quail yeah. stop him from living like yeah, the quail yeah. actually come back and kill him in the end which is such a funny <laughs> thing to come full circle is him being like i'm cruel to quail and the quail like we got you now it feels I like mean, this, it's just a crazy thing. This movie, if it had been like, I don't know, maybe like 20% worse or like 10% better, I feel like like we would maybe know about it more. It feels like it's yeah, it probably. That's exactly right. Yeah. It just ended up in this like disappearing kind of middle category. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of fascinating to watch a movie though from a different era that is completely unremarkable. Like that's what yeah. is that's the thing about it, is that you're watching 
the, what the average movie would have been at this time. And you don't really see that. that like a, a notable, a movie has to be good or very bad in order for you to know about it now if it came out, you know, That's such a good point. 1980. That's such a know? good point. Yeah. And, and we're only watching this. I, I should have, I don't think I emphasize this enough because Ezra and Hunter have an insane three move strategy to try to get there. and split Hunter's we're 10 get points. There. However, yeah. um, it because of that, it did end up, end up with us being in this kind of interesting middle ground of cinema where it's like not a huge budget, not a tiny budget, like just everything kind of middle of the road, which is so interesting. Yeah, you you only you only ever watch this movie if specifically you are playing this game that we're playing. And <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that there's like if you're like a um, like I know like a. I saw a lot of things on Letterboxd, people talking about like some theater in Hollywood was doing like a 60s private eye retrospective sure. and was showing a lot of movies from this time period. Like that. I think it's interesting, like either in a game like this or if you're trying to study this period in film history and this genre, like this is a movie you would come, come, come across then. Or really the other thing is like that, right? The other, the only other thing that's interesting, or the other way you'd end up with it, is sort of like the way Anthony you've talked about how you saw movies that were on Comedy Central in the '90s a million times. Mm-hmm. That, like, there's a certain kind of movie that ended up in early cable rotation, and yeah. for whatever reason, licensing or whatever, this didn't end up on Turner Classic Movies in the mid '90s or whatever. Which, if it had, we would have seen it a thousand times and would think of it as being like, well, it's not great, but it's a movie my dad likes or whatever. <gasps> this is like a classic dad Turner. Movie. Turner forgettable movies. Turner forgettable Even movies. Easier to license. Oh my god. <laughs> easier, probably cheaper to license, but maybe you wouldn't want to lead with that when you call them. Yeah. Fair. Um. Yeah. That's really interesting to end up there. One of the things about the uh, the cheapness of it, we talked about some of the sets, but also there's a, I think a, a standout fake pizza. Like of yeah. all the movies I've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. this has to be the worst face p- fake pizza I've ever seen. No cheese and not vegan. It's yeah. pepperoni and just a ton of sauce, and a ton of red, yeah. a ton of red. Yeah, yeah. Because and we know he tastes it. He licks it off the contract that he puts into it for no reason. <laughs> but it's just the worst looking pizza I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, do we know what pizza technology was in 1968? Do they have cheese we at that don't point? Know. We don't know when question. cheese came into right? it. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, do not know when cheese was invented. I think it was before '68, but I wasn't around. Yeah, but on pizza. Here's well, the thing: I wasn't even like thinking about how the cheese wasn't there because this movie. I I love old Technicolor movies, and I love the way red looks in Technicolor. It looks it's so hilarious, incredible. It's just yeah. unlike any other color in it any is kind of a, old movies. Yeah, how would you describe it? Because it is a vivid but light red it's not blood red it's not dark it is like like lipstick red yeah, yeah and there's like a, a whole room like the the mistress in this movie um has like this whole living room that's just all these super bright red walls and the yes like the sets just really pop in that technicolor um yeah i was just looking at that piece i being like man that pizza looks red in Technicolor. I love it. <laughs> this is, but yeah, this it is looks red where the cheese should have been. It should have yeah. been white and ma- you know <laughs> yellowish, maybe a tiny bit of brown from the caramelization from cooking it. It was gross looking. Um, some other fun like um, time period things. Um, so that set was really cool and vivid looking, but also his office had a ton of cool art in it, but also he had this like 1960s office with buttons built into the desk 
that would open like the elevator door across the room and would like it looked like cover some art or whatever um that was a fun fun thing other 60s things they're at a 60s dance party that have um a woman in a bikini swimming in a giant martini glass two women two, two women, women in bikinis sorry i didn't mean to undersell in a, in a martini glass yeah it, it was like austin powers with no irony it was just <laughs> yes exactly in that way that like in 1960s dance parties it's like they're on a grid everyone is exactly yeah. three feet from everybody in all different directions doing their 60s I mean, dances it's, it's a bummer too because like it says how much you know in the name of progress but like OSHA would never allow two women ten feet high dancing in a champagne glass. It's just well, too much also, of a safety hazard. To be to be That's fair, true. the water looked gross for some reason. Anyone else notice that the water it was didn't a, it look was a good. dirty martini? It was a uh-huh. dirty martini, real dirty. <laughs> well, the other thing I don't know if OSHA would have been, or at least safety culture would have accepted, is the classic 1960s bar in the car. Um, oh, yeah. The scene where yeah. they're driving and right. she just pours him a whiskey from the bar in the back of the car <laughs> yeah. and he drinks some while he's Not driving off. Yeah. Also, Maybe the no seatbelts. Also, no brakes. Yeah, yeah, so there's a bar, but no seatbelts or brakes in that car. See, that, yeah. that was the one scene after the movie that I was like, wait a minute, but who cut the brakes? Like, what right, was if it was the, her, the, she really did endanger yeah, herself. What was the point of that? Yeah. That was the one I, sequence. Whatever. See, this was a bank yeah. shot. This was uh, yeah. this was a very difficult shot. It, and it, just, it, it just goes back to it, right? Just because you're a good mistress does not mean you're a good, I guess, project manager or contract killer. Well, yeah. Very good Those are different yeah, skill sets. Yeah. She did seem like she was great at being a mistress. Yeah. 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 She enjoyed yeah, living in that house and she seemed really fun. Right. She was, like, I actually thought Gail Honeycutt was a really delightful part of this movie. And oh, this, yeah. No, she's she, really, really good in this. Yeah. And she they actually, like, she actually is, like, in a way that is used to distract you from the mystery and hide the ball. She's right. a really interesting and, and sympathetic character where she, she is like, look, I grew up poor. I'm not going back to that. But also, like, don't bring pray me in front of the wife and all these people are trying to hurt me and it's not nice. Like, I, I thought we actually got a lot of good character from her. Yeah. She was really interesting. That's yeah. true. Um, really good else? little dog acting. That's always tough oh, to do. Dog, to act that well with the little a dog, you know? Yeah, great little dog. dog. <laughs> I really like the scene with the older lady yelling at her in the street. Oh, that was yeah. pretty good. That was yeah. uh, that was hilarious. Um, also, they tried like, um, when because there's like sort of a romance developing with her and PJ. And at one point, I'm pretty sure they fuck in a pile of money, which... Mm-hmm is appealing but also i can see like i see the appeal but also like money is so dirty that i'd rather yeah, be gross. in the dirty martini well maybe money wasn't gross yet money might have been clean in in mm. 1968 we don't know oh, maybe money got gross yeah there's like inflation of also our grubby fingers yeah yeah we yeah our fingers got grubbier and so the the money got grosser you know that's a I don't fair know. point um but also just uncomfortable like money is not a soft yeah also like, they were like dollar bills it's like, yeah it's cares? got angles like, yeah <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's dollars. There's a lot of it. It was weird. It was a weird choice, right? Yeah, like sheets. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. instance, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just instance, yeah, yeah. Sheets. sheets, kitchen counters, f- and and uh, you know, riverbeds. Just the normal. If you're gonna fucking money. It has to be a lot of money. It can't be just like a good <laughs> yeah. size amount of money. It has right. to be one of those like. Holy shit, that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. It needs to be money, Scrooge, you know? Scrooge McDuck, like jumping off the 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 diving like, you don't board. Do money. Coins for sure. That's gonna be. Oh yeah, you yeah, don't want coins. To... They get stuck in, in places. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know if you want to be like a like dragon scales. You're just covered in coins <laughs> oh, on your what? belly after That's you're done. King. Sounds hot. Yeah. Sounds hot to me. <laughs> like I'm, yeah, it's like I'm being hugged, you know. <laughs> but like in weird oh. places, like behind my knee and stuff. This is so yeah. gross. All of this is really <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> Oh man! Well, how much um, more is there to say about this yeah, movie? No, it feels like there really is. Yeah, I feel like we did it. Yeah, um, we basically did it. Well, we do have one really interesting thing to do now, so that brings us to segment three: the master list. So now let's go back over our list of movies. This is our eighth movie of season five, and now we have to rank it for quality. So from one to eight. Let's start with you, Hunter. Where do you think PJ from 1968 should land? For, just pick a number. I the list. I know, I know the Transformers the movie is at the bottom and that I'm reading yeah, for the Transformers I, the movie. I think we, we should start doing the thing when we kind of build a consensus. Is this top five or bottom five? And then we'll kind of figure out where it fits Okay, we'll do top there, four right? or bottom four. Okay, Hunter, top four or bottom yeah. four? Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's bottom four. Yeah, I think probably that seems I right. Think yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. So it's below Apollo 13, <laughs> which somehow fourth, <laughs> despite being the best movie ever made. Um, so I guess the real question for me. So I think I think it's clear that it's above the Transformers, the movie. Yeah, sure. Fine. I think it's probably below the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu, but I'm not sure. But is this better? So let's start here. Is this better or worse than Soylent Green? I think this is better. I think it's Soylent. better. I think it might be better. Yeah. No, I think yeah. we can all agree that it's better. I think that's yeah. uh, that's a solid choice. So I, it really does come down to Steve Zizou. Is this better or worse? Is this going to be fifth or sixth? Is this better or worse than The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou? I think I, it's I worse. Think this, I think this is worse. Yeah. I think this is sixth. Is? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think we ended up in sixth. I think it's solid. We have at least easy consensus here. So we're PJ from 1968 on the master list of quality of all movies we've watched. For the show in the calendar year 2022. Now, are um, we sure we don't want to move up? Because we can do anything. Do, are we sure we don't want to move the Transformers the movie up one, though? That's what I'm wondering. It's like, is that... Wait, we've never talked about moving stuff after we've watched other movies. Because if so, we should start with Apollo 13, which should definitely like, be above... Down, right? Right? Hey, I'll make, you, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. If we if we can bump up the Transformers... Because, honestly, Soylent Green was just boring. I, I can barely even pay attention. It was pretty boring. But it was not as... Look, it was boring, but it wasn't, like, seizure-inducing. It wasn't like... Well, I'm it, telling you, the Transformers the movie was hilarious. If you turn the speed up double time, it was so no, funny. I okay. <laughs> and you can't, I mean, speeding up Soylent Green, that, I mean, at double time, which movie is better? Definitely the Transformers, the movie, for sure. What? I, I watched the movie. Yeah, yeah, okay, so this, Hunter's made the movement. Does anybody want to want to reconsider our choice yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Transformers, the movie, and our placement of that in comparison to Soylent Green? I, look, I will make any changes as long as we can move. <laughs> <laughs> um edge of tomorrow to its rightful position at the top <laughs> Ooh. I didn't okay, think I, of I, all I, the, I, I, that movement. I second that no, movement no okay I, okay, I put, okay i'll put edge of tomorrow over third man if you guys give me one point from your 10 when you win in two weeks <laughs> no, oh, no no corruption no. guys 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 the list is sacred. Okay. You cannot right. move okay. stuff it's around fair. on the list. So I thought that too, Anthony, and yeah. I'm with you on that, but Hunter made yes. a very good point a second ago, which is we could do anything. Yes, <laughs> we could do anything. I was persuaded by that. The list is the list. Okay. It's not that like is it. This is the list. This is okay. the way. Yeah. 
No, okay. it is the list of the greatest films of all time. If we start moving things around, we have no integrity. All right. Yeah. I got to pick would... something worse than the Transformers, the movie. That's all oh. you're telling me, basically. Yeah. That's a possibility. No, he, but also, yeah. I will not compromise my integrity. And that's another very good point you've made, unless I can get one point when you guys score 10. <laughs> In which case, no, my no integrity points. is up for, no up for grabs. Um, okay. So, uh, which reminds me, now it is time for our final pick, segment 3.5. It is Hunter's turn. Yeah. And my turn. this is the final pick of round two, which means after this, so next week on the show, yeah, so next week on the show, we are going to live draw for round three. Ah. And we are also going to receive power cards next week. Yes. So this week, I'm going to make a deck of power cards. We'll figure out how many each person gets. We'll distribute your cards, and then we'll pick your movie from the, with that in mind. So to remind the listeners, so Ezra and Hunter are agreeing to split their points in this possibility. So Ezra picked this movie, PJ. Hunter's going to pick a movie that is connecting between PJ and his choice of movie for originally, which... Which is Battleship Potemkin from 1925. So he has one movie in between, and then it, so if he picks that movie now, and during the redraw, either him or Ezra gets first pick, they can then pick Battleship Potemkin, and they split the ten points. Yeah. Here is, or if it's wait, wait here's the other thing that could happen though is if it's not one of you two, Anthony or I would be in a position to negotiate. Mm-hmm on getting to Battleship Potemkin anyway. And I will say this, Hunter. If I get picked randomly next week, and I get to pick next, I will split the 10 points with you as long as Ezra doesn't get any. Whoa. Because he, no, he will have no power at that point. Yeah. And, uh, but people are going to say, yeah, the Twilight Imperium listeners are going to say that I break non-binding deals, uh, which yeah. is a joke just for them. Uh, so, well, no, I, I can't break the deal. Even though it was not binding by the rules of the game, I cannot break the deal. My honor. Here's what I'll say. If I get to go first next week, I will pick Battleship Patinkin if only me and Ezra get the points and Hunter gets no points. <laughs> and I get no but points. But we get you a movie. But you get no, no points because I don't no. appreciate he, this dirty playing you all do. Hunter has to agree to the deal. So Hunter would have to agree to give you all 10 points, which you then yeah. split with Ezra. Yeah. No. Or he has no, to give no. you his five, and Ezra's keeping his five from the non-binding agreement. I, I promised Ezra five points. All right. So what you're saying Ezra is if Battleship Potemkin is picked, Ezra gets five points yeah. from you regardless. So then yeah. if so for me to then pick it, I would have to say we can negotiate on that. Either you give me some of your points. You both give me some of your points. Yeah. Or right, I convince you to take back because Ezra, Ezra has already made a pick and and yes. f- yeah. That's partial so performance. I, Ezra gets points. All right. Well, but he That's has how... to know that he was taking no. But he has to know he was taking that risk of getting cut well, out we of the deal if you we didn't were taking, get next. Yeah. Yeah. We're both aware of the risks. Um, I will say that I have made some mistakes, <laughs> and I think I should reveal this now uh, because I actually. Uh, realize that it's it takes longer to get there than I no! thought. <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything because I was like, we're locked into this deal. I didn't yeah. look into this, but I was like, it must be pretty impressive for you to go from 1968 well, okay. back to Battleship of 1925 that has nobody we've heard of in it. So there's actually several problems. Oh um, so there's the problem that it's actually it's actually one step further than I thought it was, which that's a big problem. 
Um, and the path that I've charted for us, I failed to find out if one of the movies, the movie right before Battleship Potemkin, is actually available to be watched by living humans on the internet. Oh, and wait, wait, two- wait, that, that's, a, that's a separate problem. You can pick the movie, and then we can oh. figure out that we can't watch yeah. it. But I don't think you have to. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, then we don't care about that. So my pick, then, is... The 1989 film. What? The German... We're going that direction? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an interesting path. Um, so <laughs> the 1989 film, which is called Hard to Be a God, which is actually a movie I've talked about before on this podcast, except I was talking about the 2013 version of this same story, and it features Werner Herzog and notably Gail Honeycutt. Oh, nice. nice. Oh. So, uh, and it looks, uh, it looks, it looks bad. Um, but after this, we get to Mikhail, uh, Gluski and he can get us to Battleship Potemkin, uh, in, um, like two movies or in like, so there's one movie and then we get to our main guy and that gets us to Battleship Potemkin. So what you're saying is you, during the redraw, um, next week. You need it to be both you and Ezra back to yeah, back. Yeah, that's or correct. you're going to have that's to correct. loop someone else in on the deal. That's correct. That's oh correct. Oh my God. I s- this movie looks fucking wild, Hunter. Yeah. All I'm looking at is this Holy shit. <laughs> so, I, so I charted this path partly because I wanted to watch this movie. Because for my next pick, I want to pick the other version of Hard to Be a God uh, and make us watch both. So Well, so I will also say, though, if you recall... So not only is there an option to get to your movie in two movies if you get really lucky on the redraw, there's yeah. also a possibility that it could be one or the other of you and a power card that will get you where you need to go. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the other thing, too, is that because there's that gap movie, we'll have to figure out what to do with that. And I'm telling you, there is no way to get a hold of these movies that are in between Hard to Be a are God we... and Battleship Potemkin. So we will be able to get... Es ist nicht leicht ein Gott zu sein. We yes, will be able to watch on that. Amazon. It's on Amazon. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Streaming on Amazon. Yeah, streaming. Nice, yeah, yeah. Nice, 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 it's, nice. Like, it's like a dollar. I've never seen that before. Oh, they, the they don't want the full $2 for this one. That's They great. don't even what think deal? it's worth $2, this movie. What even a though it has Werner Herzog in it. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I love this, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah, we got Herzog and we got and, and we got uh, Gail Honeycutt, apparently. Yeah. Um, and we've got this wild, wild hair. This is a West German, Soviet, French, Swiss science fiction film. <laughs> um, this is going to be fascinating. So yeah, we're so watching excited. Hard to Be a God, 1989, next week. And it seems like, unless the power cards line up, unlikely that we're ever going to score any points in this game. I, in fact, it might be, depending on who gets picked, it might be easier. If, like if it's okay, Anthony okay. or I, and Anthony or I gets picked next, and we get a good power card, it's possible, just as likely that one of us will score on our own next week. If I, I gotta, get picked next, I, I, I'm just straight up going to Jack Reacher through Werner Herzog. I... <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, that's just how the game works. But... Well, right, so Ezra's playing for chaos, Hunter's playing right. for difficulty, and Anthony's yeah. playing to watch movies he I, wants to watch. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to watch good movies over yeah. here, guys. I, I, have, I, I, I want to suggest a house rule. Mm-hmm. If you chart a course... That involves finding a movie that there is no way we can get a hold of. I think you should just be able to skip it to the next movie. 
Because if we just Wait. can't watch it, I don't know how we resolve that. Like, Wait, but okay, so here's the problem with that, though, is now you're saying there's an incentive to pick an impossible movie because you get it for free. So no, you're I'm just saying like, whenever I pick an let's face it, I'm it doesn't help the three of us movies. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't help the three of us. There's no situation where one of us is going to be like, we need an obscure movie that has not been released publicly in yeah, order but, to get where we're going that yeah, only you helps be you're reasonable like, house rule how hunter much, wins how much research am i supposed to do i was so surprised when i realized i couldn't get it and they have wikipedia articles but they you can't you cannot get them there's no <laughs> way to get a hold of this movie you know it's like, not even a, there's not there's even dvd options, it's got no, even. i think we could do two options we could do a reenactment <laughs> obviously yeah, yeah, yeah right. can we find a shooting script yeah we'll, 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 <laughs> I think we'll put together read counts where, why? How are we going to find a shooting? It's a ru- they're both <laughs> Russian movies. We're going to find a shooting script that someone translated into English. Well, no, we'll find the shooting script and we'll just put it into Google Translate. <laughs> and then we we'll just do a table, read. table read. This will be the craziest episode of Read It and Wait for sure. What's the movie that yeah. we're trying to get to? All right. That that like what is it? So okay, yeah. So here I have it open right here. Um, so it is. Uh, oh wait, I put I put in the act a uh, different actor because I was doing a whole lot of. I did like two hours. Oh my god! I will say my least favorite part of the the season is when it's my turn and I have to have all these tabs open and go through all these actors. It is time consuming. Yeah, yeah. That's why so, I might have to switch to Anthony's methodology of just being like, "What's my favorite movie that's available today? after this?" So, <laughs> so once we get to Hard to Be a God, there's this actor uh, Mikhail Gluski, and he was in two movies with Alexander Antonov, who was in Battleship Potemkin. The two so movies we have he was two in. Two options ne- available next. Yes, um, and one of them's called A Girl with a Temper, and the other is called White the White Poodle. And I have extensively searched the internet for both of these movies and have found nothing. Like they, there's IMDb entries for them. There's a really in-depth Wikipedia article for A Girl with a Temper, but I cannot. They've never been released on DVD, as far as I can see. Uh, I saw someone write a review where they mentioned in their review that they had a print of this movie. And that is the only wow. allusion to okay. the, owning this film I've seen. I mean, far. you should email that person. Yeah, yeah see if they'll take a it picture of It was an IMDb user review. <laughs> they didn't leave anything for me to find with them. Uh, like, I will say I'm liking the screenshots from this The White Poodle, the 1950s Russian movie. You know, the they Poodle. actually both look really interesting. Like, it sucks because I actually did want... I had planned this route, like, two weeks ago, and I just realized today that y- you can't actually watch either of them. So... Well, we'll figure... I guess I'm, I'm not... I don't think we're going to accept this. Oh, you know what? The book exists for A Girl with a Temper from 1893. Maybe we read the book that got translated to a movie, and we call that Okay. Uh huh. All right. Yeah, that's something. That's something. Okay. It'd be kind of weird to have on the definitive list between like one few of the cuckoo's nest and Edge of Tomorrow a book. <laughs> it might might be a little weird, but well, I'm yeah, down. We, yeah, we make some assumptions about what it what it's like. All right. I cool. Well, then uh, I'm solid in my choice that uh, I'm picking the 1989 film uh, Hard to Be a God. Uh, I had a bunch of alternates, and it kind of hurts to know, like, like we could have watched The Killing, we could have watched Paths of Glory, Casablanca, uh, Butch Cassidy, uh, Vanishing oh, Point. I've always PJ? wanted to watch Vanishing oh. Point. What yeah. Else? So, I mean... What did you say, Yeah. You know, like, we could have done this instead of PJ, you're saying, Hunter? No. Okay. 
I just mean that Next. Um, I I was maybe going to just give up and be like, well, uh, I guess we're not getting to Battleship Potemkin. And I was looking at all the good movies we could watch, but instead we're going to watch this bogus, probably bad 1989 science fiction Russian film. Uh, or Actually, it's German. Hard to be a god. Can't wait. Yeah. I am very excited about that. That is next week. I Power- almost kind of wish sometimes, especially watching PJ this week, like if we weren't trying to score points and just trying to build a master list by going from one film at a time, you guys know? And this way we're not watching all think, these weird... Yeah, knows? I think it would be kind of interesting if we, yeah, if we decided like whoever has the best their picks are the highest rated on the top movies of all time list. Like they got, you got points for that. I think that's an interesting bonus. We could figure out later, like but we never would have watched PJ and it was a really interesting yep. choice. Yeah, exactly. We like, if I ever make a movie, which I never will, but if I do, I'm, I'm going to steal that ring gag and I'm doing that ring <laughs> gag for sure. Like there's no way I'm just going to completely lift it. Um, Oh, this is wait. Okay. Um, Oh, I, I found a 38 second clip from Girl with a Temper on YouTube of that just counts. from a Russian website that documents trains in film. They were, there's a 38 second f- clip of a train that has been uh, cataloged here featuring a steam locomotive, VL1 passenger cars, and a crossing. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we got, Sounds this like is we're a in crazy business. Crazy website. Um, I. <laughs> Guys, just really curious. Does anyone think we've convinced anyone to want to watch PJ during this conversation? I will say we definitely convinced people to want to watch Third Man because a couple of people have mentioned it to me. Okay. Um, I'm going to get... And we put a hard sell on that. I'm going to guess, given our light sell here, we have not. Although we might have convinced oh, someone to eat pizza just because we mentioned that enough. <laughs> I mean, real, real fast. Third Man, you mean the greatest movie ever made as according to the reading of the week? Yeah. The yeah, list, yeah, yeah. The Consistently ranked <laughs> the greatest movie ever made as long as you don't include mm-hmm. uh, Apollo 13 where it belongs. Um, okay. So really quick before we go, segment four, the business. Got a couple of things we need to check in with um, from uh, our mailbag. First up, we got a spreadsheet update, Hunter, from your buddy Goondock. That's that's one of yours, right? That's a good joke just for me. Yeah, just for you. Um, but Goondock sent us some season five trivia. So just to keep us updated on the stats, Owen Wilson and Nathan George are still the only two actors who could have been used to score points. Those are where we brought one of us brought a movie close enough and then the other person did not choose it. Yeah. Right. Also, Wilfred Hyde White is the only actor to have appeared twice that wasn't used to jump between movies. So that was a fun, he's like our fun, like mystery recurring character so far, because he was also in this one today. Right. And also the 1970s is currently the only decade with two picks. So we're, we're the median year might be the seventies at this point. We're just literally dancing around taking a felon one, two, three. (laughs) Yeah. We've gotten so close to taking a felon one, two, three. We didn't talk about this, but there's an interesting solid strategy by being kind of in the middle of the year distribution of what people are trying to get to. You're most likely to be around. So yeah, but I'm not out there fucking shaking hands and kissing babies and politicking all over the place. Well, I do think even maybe you and I should work together since everybody else is being a problem. Mm. Ezra yeah. and I can also work together because we're getting so close to what we need to be doing. Yeah. We're both the same people. All right. Um, from uh, Triflers Need Not on Twitter. Um, th- remember how we were talking about how Soylent Green is weird because there's a company called Soylent that like seems to have missed the point of the movie? Well, um, 
Trifler's pointed out, there's also a prescription mus- muscle relaxer and pain blocker named Soma. You know, the drug from Brave New World mm. that kept the oh, populace wow. calm and happy so they wouldn't ask questions about their dystopian society they live in. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> apparently this is a thing where companies are like, wow, that is a good name. And it is yeah. the same product except for the evil part. Well, we'll just round up. I, I love this as yeah. a genre of things because like, right, we got the, the Bubba Gump uh, shrimp uh, restaurant also, right? It's like, what's the things that was that was just I am a movie item first? Yeah. So there is so did I don't actually I've never actually looked this up. Is the movie company that made that movie involved in Bubba Gump Shrimp Company? Or did they just license it or did they just take it? Or how did that work? I'm pretty sure we talked about this when we watched Forrest Gump. I think so too, and I've lost it. Uh, uh, but I did forgot we watch which Forrest one Gump? Was. Oh, we talked about Forrest we talked Gump. About, we didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah. pretty sure we found out. Because I remember we talked about it, then someone wrote us in an email correcting, and I really don't want to have that happen again. Let's I'm not do it. I'm pretty again. sure it came down in. We can't tell uh, you right now what the answer is, but it is well the established. Movie. The answer is out there. We have already told you the answer to this question, so don't write in and answer it. But I have forgotten. So you can also at least tell me what the episode to go back and listen to. All right. And lastly, from Robin on Facebook, um, Robin points out this is mostly for you, Hunter. It's kind of interesting how your pick, Hunter, has suddenly become incredibly topical. I oh, think yeah, you should just true. go ahead and re- and schedule Battleship Potemkin for the episode after next, by which time Russian warships in the Black Sea might be reenacting the events of that movie. And, yeah. you know, we, uh. as everyone knows, they turn to us whenever there's global catastrophe. They turn to the four of us to hear our opinion of what's going on. And um, Robin says she's particularly eager to hear all of our thoughts on how the expansion of the modern battle, sh- battle space into social media fits into Clausewitz's concept of Krug's theater. Krug's theater? <laughs> Anyway, so we have a lot of good stuff to discuss <laughs> as this movie comes closer. Does that make you feel weird at all, Hunter, about that pick? Yeah, it does. I was like hoping maybe that we just wouldn't talk about it, that we just skirt around it. But I guess I guess not. Well, Thanks, Robin. <laughs> Robin is always available to make things worse. When I posted the uh, episode last week, the, the, the bonus episode this week with my... Um, my table read and reenactment, my, my my live radio theater of Sex in the City with a Mummy. Robin was the first one to write in and say, not gross enough for her. Wow. Whoa. Which is a strange, of all the problems to have with that script, and there are many, that's kind of a surprising one, I think. Also, like, you don't go to Alex for gross. It's just not really me. It's so funny. This, this, was, this was me going as far as I could into gross, and it's got some gross stuff. It was very embarrassing for me to hear my friends reading the script because it's so gross. Not good enough. Not good you just got to get grosser, buddy. You got to go. Well, you got to so get gross. Nice. You got to get in the muck, you know? Dry muck. There's a part where his finger breaks off inside her. Anyway, it's gross. Ew. <laughs> yeah, see? See? That's pretty anyway, gross. It breaks off. <laughs> That's it's accidental. Like that. It was on purpose. So it's. And well, yeah, he was later. using it. It's fine. He broke it off and used it while he was doing other things and then he took it back. Oh, no. Okay. It's hot. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um thank you robin thank you everybody who wrote in if you want to tell us that something is not gross enough we always love to hear from you podcast at read-weep.com is the email address podcast at read-weep.com we really appreciate everyone who writes into the show we're also on facebook and twitter although i sometimes forget to check those but i'm always here on the email um and i try to remember i mostly see twitter for sure uh, so please let us know what other stats you've noticed what other movies you like to pick any important uh, philosophical underpinnings of modern warfare we'd love to hear your questions can't wait to talk about more of that and we really appreciate everybody who writes into the show thank you so much everybody for listening 
to the end of round two. It's going to be a big swing next week. Next week, stuff's going to get pretty interesting. So we're going to, with the addition of power cards, I suspect we are going to have a really interesting time with future movies. Um, we're going to, I think we're going to start scoring points a lot faster in the next couple weeks. Although I think it is also going to make all of our research a lot more exhausting because I'm going to have to think not just of movies with these actors and every movie they've been in, but also whatever my powers are and then the same set of movies all over again. So if I could go two movies, I know I can get anywhere, but also how? Ugh. Alex, how do people uh, become Meat Buddies one more time uh, so they can uh, join oh, the, the excellent drawing for the... the oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you remembering because I'd already forgotten we'd agreed to that. So if you want to get a copy of PJ and be the fifth person to watch it since 1968, you can become a Meat Buddy by going to metreon.com. It's just like Patreon, but I made meat at the beginning, so you didn't have to remember. Um, but you can also search for us on Patreon. Um, and we would love to get or continue your support. Everybody who is a meat buddy as of n- this time next week, as of are, Thursday next are week. Are we extending this offer to people that live uh, all over the world? Like, are you are you ready to pay like 70 bucks to ship this, you know, to like France or something? 70 seems high. Do DVDs still, are, are they still regionally blocked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So whatever, if you're in an area that can play whatever region DVD this region is. Nice. DVDs. Are we, uh, we'll are we region run? Yeah, hell yeah, America. We're still region one. Um, Good yeah, fast so- thinking. Good fast thinking there, Alex. I was like, I found a loophole. And you were like, I found a loophole to the loophole. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing I'm good at, it's fighting bullshit with bullshit. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. If somebody wins from France, yeah, we'll figure it maybe out. Maybe we'll figure something we'll else to, out. We'll bring it to you. We'll fly to France. Yeah, I've been yeah, looking for an money. excuse to go, so <laughs> this looks for me. Um, if you live in France, we'll figure it out. Can we drop yeah. ship it from Amazon? Would that be easier? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, you won't get what are they maybe just... we'll just we'll send you a Dropbox link to the movie. <laughs> we'll send you a oh, right. copy, you know? Whatever a legal yeah. version of that is. Yeah, you can get our legal backup copy. Anyway, please become a, a Metreon and enter into our trying to win this movie you don't want to see. It's not bad. It's not good either, but it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we appreciate everybody listening. Thanks. And we appreciate our meat buddies who are already on board the show. Thank you so much for being here, Hunter. Yeah, hey, thank you. Anthony, always good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you, buddy. And Ezra, round up the panel. Thanks for being here, buddy. Of course. Good, good luck in your draws next week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.